The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm doing the show tonight with Sue Timberlake. Hey there. So it's it's the Republican and the Democrat just going at it without a moderate <laughs> in between us, keeping space. So expect lots of partisan nastiness, right? Yeah. Sue, you, 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 you right-wing think. <laughs> you, you mean person with your business-oriented <laughs> values or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you and your Hopi changey. How far right, is that exactly. you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no good at this. <laughs> no, me neither. But we could talk about real issues if you want. So. I would love that. And I know our, our, our listeners would too. And if our listeners would like to get in touch with us, they can do so in a few different ways. And here they are. First, email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is our community there. And uh, at Civil Politics FM is how you find us on Twitter. You can also go to CivilPoliticsRadio.com, which is our own website, which has recordings of previous episodes of the show, some supplemental stuff, and other goodies like that. Uh, so, yeah. So we're out there, a small but plucky media empire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Refusing to disappear, right? We're just like, <laughs> right. we're just so resilient, <laughs> tenacious. Yeah. That's uh, what a community radio. I, yes, that's true. Actually. Like the we are community radio. Well, and I, I <laughs> honestly, I don't know about you, but I just, it's so hard for me to shut up that I just keep talking. So I might as well point a microphone at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, put put some of our hot air to use. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. If only we could like set up little turbines or whatever. <laughs> well, there's an idea. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like the people who uh, try to uh, put little uh turbines or whatever in their rain spouts on their homes so that they can generate power from the water flowing down their gutters. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's like I, a waterfall. It sounds kind of neat, though. Waterfall I, generator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the higher you put it, the more momentum it would have. So you want to put them really high. Exactly. So the taller your house, the better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, so, uh, you, uh, you know, in your uh, uh, nefarious ad- uh, uh, life of crime and your many uh, adventures uh, before you came to do civil politics, uh, you've actually worked in uh, biomedical research and uh, uh, various other related fields. So, uh, and I know you have uh, op- uh, not only thoughts and opinions, but also information about uh, the various coronaviruses coronavirus vaccines <laughs> that uh, are starting to uh, actually come out to 
to market, I guess is a way to put it. So, um, can yeah, you, one, can you, can you give us this week? Yeah. Can you give us a, like a, like a quick primer or quick rundown? Because I haven't really seen, um, uh, any sites that sort of clearly lay out like what the, there are a number of candidates that are, you know, people are working on, but I think there are like, there are like three that are close to, uh, very in the close approval stage or yeah. ready to be used three yeah. or, or are there four? I'm not sure. So, um, like I know there's one from Pfizer that I've been hearing a lot about and there's one yeah, from, that's the one that just got emergency use uh, this week. So okay. when people hear our show, it will have been it is approved actually as we go to the air right. tonight. So we're bro- and we're yeah. we're broadcast we're recording this early, but we're broadcasting on Friday the 11th of December. Yeah. So um, and so Pfizer fun. and then AstraZeneca and I've heard yeah. about one from Oxford and one from a company yeah. called Moderna and then is there a Russian one as well? Yeah, that one beat everybody. They started using that um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And it's it's the Russian one. They call it Sputnik Five. I think just to poke to poke <laughs> us in the eye, because you know Sputnik is always a sore topic with United States because they beat us with the Sputnik. Beep. Um, Beep. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> um, but they approved that quite a while ago, um, quite a while ago, a month ago. And I, they're all getting the shot there. It's not very well described. And, um, they did not release almost any of the, you know, sort of the data for the efficacy and safety and how much immunity it, it causes, um, but it is available in Russia, and I'm sure other countries are being offered it. So that'll that'll be interesting. But that one's based on, from what I've read, a non-replicating uh, viral vector. So it's it's you know it's sort of a combination of a couple of the other ones that are well, on. Well, I, so on, I don't understand what a non-replicating viral vector is. So can you can you explain well, that to me simply? Yes. So they attach it, you know, all the gene slinging that's been going on. They call it gene splicing, actually. And, yeah. and um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't can, understand it, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So when they say um, viral vector, it means they take a piece of another virus and they attach what they want to it. And the virus can't really replicate. So it's not. It's not like an attenuated virus where they sort of can replicate, but it's been damaged. It's it's actually a piece of a a piece of a protein attached to some other virus um, that enters your cell or gets in your body or has some other factor. Like I said, I've tried to read a lot about it, and it's the information on the Russian one is very. So wait, Very so, limited. so let me see if I if I if I'm grasping the point here. The idea is you take a chunk of COVID nineteen, uh, yep. say like one of the it's antigenic, right? It's so really one of the whoop. protein coatings on the outside, as it were, so that like that even a snippet, all right, yeah, just a but, snippet of it, right? Yep. So, but you you take that and you put it on some other harmless virus, some virus that isn't going to hurt people. And then that's that's the idea, yeah. Right. right. And so harmless. then right. So then I get injected with the harmless virus and my body goes, Oh, this is harmless, yeah. but we'll study it anyway. So your body gets familiar with that and recognizes like, oh, there's this. Um yep. and so then when I get exposed to the actual coronavirus, uh it because of the the chunk that got snipped and added, it my body will go, Oh, hey, I've seen you before. 
you know, I've yeah. got my eye on you. So it's like already, it, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, a biological, uh, uh, warning sign or something. So, so in other words, my body's already alert to it as a, as a, as a source of danger, like a, like a yeah. no fly list. <laughs> yep. Alert gets, notices it right away and does, and does something with it. And yeah, it's sort of like putting a hood ornament on a car. You know, the car gets, the vector takes it in. Um, and the hood ornament, what you're really looking at is trying to, to recognize. So, okay. and that's, that's about as much as I know about the Russian one. Um, and none of the, the other the vaccines five, work that way? Not exactly. Okay. Um, AstraZeneca is probably the, the closest one to that. But and is AstraZeneca, the, that's the one that was also developed at Oxford, right? Oxford, yep. And that okay. one was really the first one that everybody started talking about because they got through their clinical trial pretty quick. The okay. first clinical trial, not the third phase three. Yeah. And they had a couple of um, events where they just paused it and studied it. And then they decided that it was not related to the vaccine. So the first one that everybody mostly heard about was the AstraZeneca one. And that one has, you know, really good pedigree and people are waiting for it. And I think you don't have to, um, it doesn't have to be as cold as the Pfizer one, that, which is the one that we can get in this country, I guess, starting tomorrow. You mean so. starting on Friday? Starting on Friday. Yes. Right. So if you're listening to the show, it's, a, it's, it's, it's come out today. Okay. Yeah. And they think that I think um, the Pfizer one, Walgreens and Walmart are probably going to be the main places that you can you can get it. But they're going to only give it for. Um, well, there's a whole other discussion about. Who wait, gets wait, wait. It what if I prefer to what if I prefer to get my medicine from someplace off the wall? Huh? <laughs> uh, genre's not here to stop well, me, folks. <laughs> It's true. But the the Pfizer one is the one that has to be super, super cold. Yeah, like minus right. 70 Fahrenheit, right? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. And um it has and the minute it's out, it's like hours you have to use it. You know, if it's 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 very it's gonna be interesting, but it's the first one that's available. And they're probably gonna do um frontline healthcare workers because it's there's so there's not that much of it yet. Mm -hmm. Um so they'll be doing emergency rooms but that discussion actually just happened this week too who gets it first and how they're going to decide and and all that so while it's coming out they're also trying to decide who gets it first because i i think there's i i don't know how many doses of it are there it's been a moving target yeah but for the pfizer one that you will be able to get in the u.s this week um but they're going to decide who gets it. So you can't sign up for it. They'll just say, oh, you're in the emergency room doc and a nurse and, you know, you're an uh, ambulance driver. You you can they'll they'll contact you, basically. Well, they're going to they're going to do it that way. I, I'm fascinated to talk about that. But let's let's finish up our roundup of the different candidate yep. for vaccines before we ta start talking about how they get administered, because that is I mean, that that starts getting into uh, a political decision, ultimately, because yes. deciding how we're going to allocate our resources for the public good. But so, yep, so that's, so, a, that's huge. Yep. So how so does Pfizer's does... vaccine work, roughly speaking? I mean, it doesn't take a Rough. snippet of of the virus and then introduce it no. to us safely. So what does it do? It's a, it's a modified RNA. And from what I understand, it's basically self 
self-replicating. So it, it gets into your cell and it says, okay, here are the instructions to make the antigen that's going to stimulate your immune system. And so it turns your cell into a little factory. Oh, okay. And you produce the antigen and your body responds to it. So it's it's very interesting. These these are the really new vaccines that there isn't one that's in wide use. It, this is the first one that's of this, I'll call it class of vaccines. I don't think that's the proper term, or, but you uh, this, get what this I mean. approach to creating a vaccine. It's like, here's yep. some RNA, uh, you know, uh, basically a short uh, uh because it, it one way of uh, well you you've worked in in both biomedical and IT so you you probably know this but like one of the things that I think is kind of fascinating about uh, uh, cellular biology is the way in which uh, and genetics is like in a way in which it's like okay you've got a snippet of code so uh, you've got a patch which we've created and you update yourself with the patch and that will take care of this new viral vulnerability you've got because it'll tell your your body's operating system this is how you deal with this when it comes up so that's it's that kind of an approach yep and it's very quick which is part of the reasons that some of the vaccines are quick and i'm you know the brain is old and it's yeah it's late on thursday um when we're recording this but when you um when you snip a piece of code i can't think of what that is at the moment the um they're like a pair of scissors, and it's sort of the new technology. Oh, the anyway, Cas CRISPR six. CRISPR. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Thank you. CRISPR C R I S P R. Yeah. Um, you know that's sort of a result of discovering CRISPR and the and the plasmids that do that. Oh, a so way of using it, the uh, the uh, gene editing mechanisms that our bodies actually yeah. use, anyways. And apparently, it's yeah. tremendously precise. Yeah. And, and that's the amazing part. So it's sort of, sort of new technology. Um, there's some really good theory, theoretical basis for it, but it's Pfizer came out first and we had, I think the discussion the other week, Pfizer didn't take any public money for the development of it. Yes. That's right. You were mentioning that. Public Mm -hmm. money. Yes. So it got there first, you know, it got through all its clinical trials. It actually beat out AstraZeneca and Moderna only by a few weeks, probably, but it's just interesting that they were, they were first, you know, first past the post. So, um, and the, the one thing that they were talking about this week about it, um, as they were getting ready to approve it was that because the clinical trials were small, I mean, 40,000 isn't small. Small for a clinical trial for something like this anyways. Yeah, Yeah. They, they, they normally exclude people at high risk in the early clinical trials because they're just trying to see safe and effective sort of in a in a healthy and stable population, right. which means it turns out it wasn't tested on 16 to 17-year-olds. It wasn't tested on pregnant women by, by design. Yeah. But, and it wasn't tested on people that had a lot of allergies. And so the rollout, they turned up to people that had pretty major allergic reactions. And you know, it's sort of like how, you know, how are they going to roll this out and sort of address those issues? And what do they tell people who are extra allergic? And they didn't say to what, but allergic um, pregnant women. And, you know, do they do they go ahead and give it to 16 to 17 year olds, just even though they missed that age group? Um, you know, and pregnant women, you know, 
it, it's always hard to test because you don't want to put anybody at risk until you're really sure that it's pretty safe. So, but that's the discussion that's going on at well, um, uh, why the would, follow-up. Why is 16 to 17 like a cutoff? What, what, is there a reason why we would want to give it to I, a 10-year-old? I, I think they just didn't recruit them. Hmm. I think they just weren't in the clinical trial. Well, it is and certainly, they there are huge ethical problems with giving experimental drugs to small children. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. All that. Pediatrics, usually same kind of, you know, that's, they do it. It's an iterative process and they add groups that are more and more fragile and try and watch carefully. There's another thing. Can I just mention this too? Cause I know that this is probably interesting to our scientists. So they, um, they have the two groups, you know, the group that got it and the group that didn't in the clinical trial. Yeah. And normally they would keep them blinded for another year or two because they don't want people to start reporting side effects because they know they got the vaccine. You know, they, uh, they want as to keep opposed to people pure. who got the placebos in the control group. Right. Yep. So they keep both groups blinded. Yep. And that way they get better data for, you know, six months after you've had the shot, a year after you've had the shot. Right. And the and the moral question is, if it works this well, is it fair not to give it to the people who are in the placebo group or to unblind this so that you could identify them and say, oh, by the way, you're an emergency room nurse. You probably should get the vaccine because you were the control in the in the clinical trial. We don't want you to think you got the vaccine because you didn't. So, you know, those are the kinds of questions because this is rolling out so fast, but very interesting, I think, sort of moral dilemmas. So, so the other the other vaccine that's a front runner is Moderna's um, yep. vaccine, and it's also a modified RNA, but they do it a little differently in that they deliver it in, um, do you know what a nanoparticle is? You probably heard of them. I've heard of them, but I'm not sure what it is, uh, medically speaking. Well, you know, when they went on that great adventure and they took the submarine into the bloodstream, I think it was a sci-fi movie. Fantastic Voyage by uh, uh, Isaac Asimov? Yeah. No, the nanoparticle, something that's very, very small, but I'm not sure what it means in terms of medical treatment. Well, and nanoparticles are so small that they're happy, like in your bloodstream, they don't clog your um, capillaries. And they they attached it to that, so it's just a it's just interesting that they chose that. Um, coronavirus happens to be more um, it's a it's a filic with lipids. It's sort of like um, some bacteria are acid loving, and some are like TB is very hard to treat because it's got a lipid coating. That's a bacteria; it's much bigger. But it's hard to treat because when you treat it with bleach or alcohol, it doesn't get in the in the cell the same way. So it's interesting they chose lipid lipid nanoparticles because they're tiny little particles they attach the RNA to, and um, they travel around your body. And they're just it's a it's a physical transport in sort of a fat soluble. So just just different. I mean that's that's the wonders of the market is that people took very different approaches. You know, all sorts of little nuances on it. Um, that one also is very close to being finished and might get approval, like the AstraZeneca and the Pfizer, you know, very soon. I mean, they are all in a race. And I think a lot of the public health officials are, are hoping that 
you know, all three of those will get approved and that way we'll have a million of these and a million of those and, you know, all that stuff, different ways to transport it, um, that those choices will help get it distributed better. So very interesting. And there's a lot of, there's probably 30 other vaccines that are based on sort of combinations of that, um, just taking the virus itself and, and trying to kill it enough so that it can't do anything, but you actually, it's a, it's a damaged virus or um, recombinant. And that's, that's the old school way of doing it, Excuse to me. take a, a damaged yep. virus. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. No worries. So, um, so that's kind of the, the state of the art as of tonight. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think the race, the race has started, but the last thing people should do is stop wearing masks and assume it's okay to go back to the bar. In fact, Massachusetts, as you know, is going the other way. We're going to, um, a shutdown, uh, Sunday night. We're going back to phase one. Mm. I think uh, the governor announced it this week. So as of Sunday, the was it the 17th of December, we're going back to where we were in, you know, the early months of this. So, uh, uh, Restaurants won't be open at all, or yeah, they, I think they're going to go back to where you know as essential businesses. Oh, okay. I, I actually yeah, and, I hadn't heard that news because I've been you know in the quarantine bubble, so I was like, ah, things are fine yeah. so long as I can you know order uh, order carry out when I need it, I'm good, you know. So oh, okay. well, and that'll be true because you remember all that's how we were all you know. You could take out food through the whole thing. The grocery store was open, but you know, limited, uh, businesses that worked on critical infrastructure were, were open, but you know, everybody was taking precautions. Um, the, the plan I think was, um, he announced it, I think last night mm-hmm. and Thursday he, um, he will have released the plan. So by Friday, everybody should know what's happening Sunday night, but that was governor Baker here in Massachusetts. So and you were also mentioning uh, that there's a new testing facility opening at the University of Massachusetts? Yep. On Monday the 14th. Oh, I guess Sunday's the, must be the 13th then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Stop the Spread uh, site, which is a state initiative. Um, we haven't had one in Hampshire County. There was one, I think, down in Holyoke where you could just sort of stop it and get tested. And you can be tested even if you're asymptomatic. Which is key because people go, God, I, I, you know, I think I, my aunt has it and I'm not sure. And anyway, so it's going to open at the Mullen Center on Monday at the University of Massachusetts uh, Amherst campus. And it's open to the public. It's free. It's absolutely free. And uh, they do ask that you make a reservation, but it's pretty much a drop in site. So, you know, you'd call and say, I'd like to come at 10. And they say, yeah, come. There's 30 other people at 10. But come on along. So that's, that's really good news because people have been struggling. I know a few people that were trying to find a place to get tested without symptoms or no symptoms yet. And, you know, it's, it's been a, it's, there's been a bit of a bottleneck here. So that's good. That's great. One, uh, actually one other thing I've, I've just been wondering about is, uh, when the, the tests they usually give people to, to determine, are you infectious right now? Are you sick right now? Is the nasal swab, um, that won't t- be able to tell, you know, if I had coronavirus a month ago and, you know, was yeah. asymptomatic or whatever, so I'm like, I'm fine now, the, the nasal swab test isn't going to find anything, is it? 
Well, it can. Sometimes there's dead virus still, and it, mm-hmm. it's not you're not infectious, but there's remnants of the virus. So they say sometimes, you know, you want to be able to differentiate that. And the antibody tests, I haven't read up on them lately, but antibody they, they tests, those are the worked. blood tests. Yeah. Yeah. And it was to see, you know, first of all, did you have it? How recently? How bad? And do you still have it? Or And they hadn't really worked out um, all this, the schemes of when, which antibodies rise and which fall and, you know, are you still infectious or not? That that part is not as clear as they could find out that you did definitely have it at some point. That that they could do. I think they're working on that, you know, constantly trying to make that work better. And they're working on a lot of really quick tests, you know, tests that you could do at home. But we we I don't think anybody's seen any of those yet, at least in the general public. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, where you just order a test and and do it at home and know within yeah. ten minutes whether or not you're positive. And that's that's the most important thing. I was just curious to know, like, you know, like, I don't think I've had it, but suppose I'm wrong. Suppose back in October, I actually had it. You know, I don't think I would be infectious now. I, I feel okay. So great. It's just, it'd be nice to be able to tell like, oh no, you did have it, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. And you didn't have a bad reaction. You just had one of the minor, you know, sniffles. And sure. there are quite a few people like that. And then there's young people that get almost asthma like symptoms that are really rough. We have, um, yeah. you know, where we have dinner on Friday nights, used to have dinner. You know, one of the folks that works there was telling That's me the their son room. got very sick with it. Oh so. no. Oh, we have to tell yeah. me about that off air because I don't want <laughs> to derail the show. Yeah. But oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> well, Jeez, and great. they couldn't—they couldn't get a test. They could not get a test. They got mm. a test, I guess, sometime after they had the worst of it, and um, had very bad asthma symptoms. The person with no asthma was a young person, and um, you know, developed really tough asthma symptoms. You know, shortness of breath and unable to breathe, and. Yeah. So, you know, there's a whole range, I guess, of, um, yeah, you know, ways that you can get it. So, and, and they're saying that some folks have chronic sequela after fall, um, falling symptoms. You know, they just, they really are it's still in the beginning of understanding this virus. So. Yeah. I was about to say that it's, it's, it is a novel, uh, coronavirus. And so, you know, the possible, uh, long-term effects, uh, they could, they yeah. could be very serious ones and we have no idea still because yeah. it hasn't been around long strokes, enough. Yeah. some neurological stuff, definitely lung, you know, lung damage, but yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it, going to be a whole division could, of science, I think. Right. Well, it, it could wind up messing people up as badly as Lyme disease over the long term. And who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah. So. So any, anything else you want to talk about or do you want to like talk about Brexit and <laughs> the rest well, of the we, world. Well, we are approaching the end of this, uh, our first half of the show. Um, though, <clears throat> um, one uh, a thing, um, uh, so you, as I said, have some experience having worked in actual, you know, biomedical research labs and whatnot over the years. Um, and uh at least three of these uh, uh, vaccines are using uh, new techniques that have only been invented in the past few years. And this is like the first time they're being, you know, creating a virus, uh, not a virus, creating a vaccine. And it's it's coming out and it's rushing to market as quickly as possible, um, yeah. which is which is great. Um, so there are uh, 
you know, listeners uh, who are suspicious about anything that's come out this quickly and they're worried that uh, dangerous corners have been cut and without worrying, you know, getting into the whole, you know, vaccines are evil and that's how Bill Gates is going to control your brain. Um, you know, people look at things like the Tuskegee medical experiments and go, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I, should trust I think yeah. I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With good reason. Right. But. Yeah. But at, at the same time, uh, you know, are you seeing uh, any non tinfoil hat, you know, complaints, people saying like, uh, you know, I don't think these things are safe? Um, I mean, because I, I certainly understand that there's still a lot of science that has to be done and a lot that hasn't been figured out yet. But that's. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think a lot of people are taking a wait and see attitude. I mean. You know, I'm a very selfish person. I yeah, believe yeah. in the virtue of selfishness. So, yeah. so my Anne, my Anne Rand hat, or Ayn Rand, as some people pronounce it. I don't know how it's um, pronounced. Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, as as a U.S. citizen, I'm gonna. This is where people are gonna go. Oh, that hideous Republican. Uh-huh. I'm really glad they're testing in the U.K. first. What can I say? <laughs> I I I remember thalidomide. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember and they approved it in the UK and one of the FDA doctors here, she she ruined her career preventing thalidomide from being used in general use here in the US. And it prevented a lot of birth defects. So, you know, while I love our dear cousins in in uh, in the UK, I'm I'm personally glad they're going first so that we can see. You know, we'll have a chance to see, but we're going to be right there very shortly here behind them. So it's a, you know, it's a more of a symbolic statement than a real statement. So I think most people are are watching the FDA and Fauci. I mean, they really, I think people trust him that if he thinks it's safe, um, you know, reasonably safe, you know, the risk versus the reward. A lot of people have lost family members and, you know, there's nothing like a death in the family to make you a believer that, you know, this, this might be really important for your family. So, so I don't, I don't know, but I don't travel in those circles necessarily. So I might not hear, you know, some of the, well, I, I guess, well, I, I, sure. But I, I guess, so, uh, uh, the, the two sort of salient points are one, uh, this isn't based on junk science. Like there, this is cutting edge stuff, but it's no, this is, this is real science. This is not like woo woo theories. Like, like there's a reason why multiple different vaccine candidates are coming out in a hurry. And the other thing is a real problem that the companies are motivated and individual scientists are killing themselves trying to do this. Right. I mean, it's a race. Um, right. For good reason. I mean, it's like a race to build ships in World War Two. I mean, right. all good motives. Yeah. And the other the other thing is uh, a big part of what made the Tuskegee uh, experiment such a horrible tragedy was that it was deliberate indifference uh, and and deceit on the part of the researchers there, and that doesn't seem yeah. to be applying like like this there doesn't seem to be uh like a callous disregard for uh the safety of people who are who are participating in drug trials and uh you know there doesn't yeah. seem to be a lot of like attempts to keep you know conceal information at least outside of russia <laughs> <laughs> well in russia how they got there so fast we'll never know yeah we'll, we'll probably never know 
But yeah, I think I think that um, they've you know the rules have changed a lot since the Tuskegee experiments and the experiments at Fernald School on um, uh, mentally handicapped kiddos that were used yeah. as research subjects. I mean, it's 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 a horrifying history. Um, but some of the rules that are in place and people signed up voluntarily to be in the tests. I mean, thank God, goodness, you know, 40 or 50,000 people did that because yeah. at that point they really didn't know. I think they do a 10 person trial just to see safe or something, you know, really early on. And then they go big pretty fast to try and get a sense because you want to make sure you, you test as many groups as you can. Yeah. So I, you know, I think there'll be data coming out, but I hope people don't take it as oh, oh my God, they fooled us. It's more like, oh, okay. So if you have um, um, a P450 inadequacy, which is uh, um, one of the ways that your body metabolizes things, you know, this might not be a good one for you, but this other one might be a better vaccine for you. I mean, that stuff, those nuances, those they're they're going to come out in the course of us distributing it so fast. So, and it's not that somebody hit it. It's like that we didn't know really. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's a good point. And uh, actually we're at the halfway point or even a little past. So we're going to take a short break here on civil politics, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And we'll be back with more in just a moment here on Valley Free Radio. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Science is real, from the Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still doing the show with Sue Timberlake. And hey there. <laughs> Sue, uh, thanks for, for dropping a whole lot of science on us there so we can have a better understanding of what's going on with the uh, uh, the vaccines for the coronavirus. Um, 
And, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to move on and talk about some other uh, current events and, and, and things in our political news. But at some point, we should, I really think it'd be interesting to have a discussion about the, uh, the uh, sort of the, who should decide and what the criteria should be for uh, who gets what and how we pay for it and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, I bet you and I will have different opinions on that. That'll be fun to do in the future. Yeah, Talk I, about that. I, I think we should pay for it by setting rich people on fire. Wait, no, that doesn't work. Two Marxists, but aspiring to be one. I disagree. <laughs> Come on, I've seen those asbestos pajamas you have. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, because I am nothing if not, you know, prepared. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good boy scout. So, um, so, uh, actually, well, there's two things that, uh, so in addition to, Hey, we've, we've got vaccines starting to come out and that's awesome, but we also have, uh, you know, lots of people who are, uh, facing economic ruin because of the effects of this, uh, pandemic. And, I don't haven't seen any real signs that Congress is ha, has is actually going to make any kind of a, a a bargain and pass any real kind of measures to deal with the coronavirus. Uh, you know, helping people yeah. pay their bills and whatnot, or extending unemployment benefits. And uh, unemployment benefits, I think, are 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 going to you know th- like they. They extended them, and I think they increased Soon, them a bit. Right? And but that ends at the end of the end of this year, and the the end of the calendar year is coming up um, in three weeks. Yeah, I heard that people have, and didn't they just um, they just registered the highest unemployment this week again, right? And the food banks are really struggling. Yes, but I the think so. Unemployment, more more people, more businesses. You know, it's just like. You, I'm, you, I watched the businesses in downtown Northampton. I was down there the other night, and I think I mentioned this last week, but, you know, it was a ghost town. And, um, you know, because it's cold, so nobody's eating at restaurants outside. And, you know, people are being really careful. So well, a lot of businesses are on their last their last foothold, and a lot of folks are unemployed, and they're running out of benefits. Um, I think there is a bill. Actually, there's two or three bills. And there's the glimmer of a compromise at $300 extra a week, extending benefits for, I think, 18 weeks. But it's it's all tangled up. I think it's tangled up. In, um, yeah. And I think Trump said he's going to veto it. So they're trying to work on a uh, on a compromise that, that would be veto-proof. And good well, luck with that. <clears throat> no kidding. Well, and especially because uh, – uh, an additional concern, especially as, now that we're in the depths of winter again, uh, is that uh, the sort of moratorium on evictions that the CDC uh, suggested. Yes, that's expiring too. Yep. That ends at the end of the year as well. So, you know, come New Year's Day, we could have people being turfed out onto the street again. And, you know, yeah. that's that's horrible nonsense anyways, but it's just, you know, we can't ask people to, to stay home and shelter in place to avoid spreading the coronavirus if we drive them out of their homes. It's just, it's impossible. And I don't know whose interest this is supposed to, uh, supposed to uh, serve, you know. Well, I, I have an analogy for you. Did you, have you ever played pool? Have you ever 
billiards cool. you mean yeah of course sure yeah yeah, yeah. billiards you know. oh of course yeah. billiards well whatever i, I billiards and pool <laughs> yeah. maybe there's differences but yeah the one with like the you know you you, you know you got the cue ball and the you got the the yep. stripes and the solids and you sink the eight ball last and whatnot yeah i've played that yep well there's this thing where you you um you're you're losing and the other person's about to finish the table but right. um I, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's called nice leave. That's that's the term for it. Oh, you set and it up so they don't have a shot? Yep. In fact, they have such a shot that they're apt to sink the eight ball early and you automatically lose. So it's uh, called a nice leave. And it's sarcastic right, okay. because yep. it leaves you with nothing. So that's what I think Trump is doing. I think he's – Biden can't do a thing about it because he doesn't come in until the 20th of January. Yep. And – I think Trump is basically burning, burning it down as he leaves. So people are going to be, you know, totally distressed. He doesn't really care. And the good news is that Congress cares because, you know, they're representatives. But I, I think to some degree he's, he's doing the scorched earth. Well, some um, of Congress cares. Um, some of Congress. Well, people yeah. that have to face their, their, um, Folks will care. And, you know, I think Trump's going to maintain a real strong presence. I mean, the money he's raising is incredible. Sure. So they're sure. terrified of him. But, well, and, and that's, I think. I was going to say, so isn't, and isn't I, Congress also kind of stuck on uh, passing just a, a continuing resolution to keep funding the government before we get a, a yet another shutdown? Too? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think Rand Paul is supposed to be monkey wrenching that or something. I don't know. It's. Yeah, I I knew John or before we um, kind of thing started recording said that, and I had I had missed that. But he loves to be he loves to be the you know the the fly in the ointment. I don't know what it yeah. is about him as a personality, but his colleagues do not like him <laughs> on hmm. either side of the aisle, and he spends a lot of time doing stuff just like that. But some of the argument, you know, we talked off the air about um, Texas. And the lawsuit and the AG Paxton, who yeah. they're trying to stop the vote from being certified. But, you know, a lot of those states, um, they're afraid of Trump. I mean, it's very interesting. They're trying to keep their options open because they're afraid he's going to be a real player after he's gone. Yeah, that's so, you know, that, that, and that is the other thing is, uh, yeah, the, the attorney general of Texas has filed a lawsuit uh, against on behalf of Texas against Pennsylvania Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia, I believe, and it, because it's one state suing another, it's it's been filed directly with the Supreme Court, and basically saying those four states have to throw out all of their all of the ballots, like discount the results of their popular vote entirely, and then have the state their state legislatures assign their delegates. I just oh, it's so strange for Texas to do that. If if he was a real Republican, you know, he the states. That's the that that belongs in the state's domain. It's so funny. I I yeah. saw a piece. I think it was um, CNN that they're saying um, Tom Paxton, not Tom Paxton. God, I showed my age. Ag Paxton in um, in Texas. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of um, charges of him now: bribery and you know abuse of office. But he was actually indicted in 2015 for. Um, federal crimes. And they say he spearheaded this because he's looking for a pardon from Trump that actually it's, he just, they asked him to do it. 
he said, sure. And he's at the White House today or tomorrow, um, you know, at a party and that he really is looking for a federal pardon. So that's horrifying. Yeah. And 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 (laughs) and plausible. I mean, uh, who was that guy? uh, Bill Clinton pardoned on his last day in office. Uh, Was it? Oh, yes. He was like a big fundraiser for Clinton. And he was like a. He was overseas and couldn't come home because he. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was dodging like a murder rap or something. I don't know. I remember exactly yeah, what it was. It was but. pretty serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, and and they were embarrassed by it. Democrats were embarrassed that they yeah. had done that. I'm still upset yeah. about it, and it's been 20 yeah. years. <laughs> you know, it's like what the hell, Bill Clinton. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like like well, and and there's and a reason why he did it on his uh, absolutely sliding out the door. Day. Yeah, 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 he did it on January twentieth, like as like signed the pardon and then said, "Right, let's go." <laughs> Got to swear yeah. in Bush. Oh wait, do I have to walk down those steps right now? Okay, let yeah, me yeah. find this as I'm walking down. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's it's very it's very interesting, but yeah, what a strange thing for a state to do because they have no stand. I mean, I think that I hope they'll just throw it right out because they have no standing to say what goes on in other states, especially in terms of election law. I mean, I think the Constitution's pretty. Clear yeah. on that one. States run their own right. elections, and and also each state has to give full faith and credit to you know the legal proceedings in other states that are equivalent. So yep. like if I you know if I declare bankruptcy in Massachusetts, I've you know like like the state of Delaware has to honor it. And if you know yeah. uh, you and I you and I get married and then get divorced, like the divorce agreement is is valid and has to be recognized by other states. So. Yeah. Well, that was the fight over gay marriage. I, you probably right. followed some of that. It's, oh, yeah. No, I was thinking about that. So could, <laughs> I have friends that were married in um, they got civil union in Vermont. And because civil union isn't quite the same, if they ever get divorced and they've married now in Massachusetts, too. But yeah. if they ever get divorced in Massachusetts, that will carry everywhere. But they have to go back to Vermont and they actually have to live in Vermont to dissolve their civil union. It'll be a legal nightmare. So it's important that states recognize each other's um, legal yeah, yeah. offerings. It, yeah. So it's part legal of part of the glue yeah. of the United States. Well, so, and it's yeah, part of what makes us for, federal, you know, because it's not yes. just one central authority. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, I mean, I'm, I, it's weird. I'm used to thinking of the federal government as like the big, you know, the big overarching power. And it is, but only in specific ways. So. As yeah. as they as the Trump administration has been reminding us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What was he going to oh, do? Yeah. Shut down the restaurants at one point, and everybody's like, "That's not, it's not yeah. in your domain." Yeah. Well, and and Trump is such a good user of power. You won't agree with me that he figured out all kinds of way to try and force people to do it anyway. I mean, he certainly used every lever he could find, anything he could reach. He, 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 he has used in well, many cases. You well, know. and, and, well, so politics ultimately is about, you know, it's, it's ultimately about how you get the consent of the governed. You know, people agree to do what you say and go along with some policy or whatever. And the Republican Party um, has really adopted a sort of very polarized approach. Uh, over the past 20 or 30 years where, you know, and an example of that is Mitch McConnell uh, saying like, well, you know, it doesn't say anywhere in the Constitution that we have to actually hold hearings and a vote about 
President the Obama Court. nominating Merrick Garland yep. to the Supreme Court. It's just he has to like Merrick Garland has to can't take a, a, a seat without the advice and consent of of the Senate. And yeah. what does that mean? Well, it's whatever we feel like. So if we just ignore it, we, we haven't given advice yep. and consent. So there you go. And it's like, but you, 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 you know, like like the the sputtering. But that's I just can not hear how it, the smoke come out of your ears from right, here. Right. You know, <laughs> you know the the sputtering. But that's not how that's supposed to work. And it's not how it's supposed to work. And it's not how it's been done for a long time. But it is. Technically correct, the most important kind of correct, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, it's, well, and it, you know, it's sort of horrifying to see everything, you know, in, in well, so, uh, so, union the, shop. They call it working to the rule. Work to and rule. And it's yeah. like, oh my, yeah, and you know, oh, teachers don't have to write recommendations for students to go to college. Yeah. Technically, they don't, <laughs> you know. But it's like, wait a minute, you're hurting the kids, the very people you. Oh, but yeah, sure. when somebody works to the rule, it it drives you crazy. But it is still the rule, well, yeah. Well, and it's also a question of what do people going to go along with? I mean, Mitch McConnell is just one senator, and the Constitution hasn't granted him any special authority. You know, the 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 Speaker of the House of Representatives is actually an office delineated in the Constitution. But Senate majority leaders just like, you know, okay, like there's there's two main parties in the Senate and, you know, whoever they decide to have as their leader, they that's just how it works. You know, they just yeah. it's it's an informal thing they've decided to to care about. So if the rest of the Republicans in in the Senate or even uh, a few of them decided like no, no, uh you know, like yeah, I hate Merrick Garland, but let's have a vote and, and vote him down. Get know. rid of him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or like, throw him off the nomination circuit. Right. They, they aren't yeah, even doing that. And so like the Republicans, the Republican Party, the, the leaders and officials in the parties, unfortunately, are going along with things like Mitch McConnell's stunt or Trump's, yep. you know, saying like, yep. oh, well, you know, I'm just going to move this money around and do whatever I want. And well, playing hardball, you know, taking every inch of, you know, they call it a power grab, but. That is what politics is, you know, and you're right. The real limit to it is what the people will put up with. And that's that's the interesting one. I'm I'm really curious to see what happens in in January, what what people put up with. And if Biden can get any, um, I don't think he's the strongest player, Biden. So I don't know that he's going to be able to get um, Mitch McConnell off his. I don't still or not. Well, uh, it depends on how the two Senate races in Georgia go on January fifth. Oh, that's right. That's but right. I, you know, I I agree that uh, I don't know that Joe Biden will have the the leverage to uh, make Mitch McConnell, you know, bend to his will if he doesn't have the votes in the Senate. But it, you know, it's not a question of you know force of will or or whatever or desire. Um, you know, it doesn't work that way. It's it's a matter of who's got the votes. So yeah. as long as Mitch McConnell's like, this is what I want to do, and I don't care what you think, and if he's got the votes to back it up, then that's what'll happen, and that's it. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing else to it. So so long as you've there are uh, a few bad actors, uh, you know, in positions of prominence within any political party, but in this case, unfortunately, we're talking really about the Republicans. So, I mean, as long as you've got someone like Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump who's saying, this is what we're going to do, and people go, yeah, okay, 
and follow along, then uh, then the system is going to break, and it's going to be hard for uh, you know for the opposition party, even when it's you know uh, won a big majority of the popular vote, to actually do what we've been elected to do. You know. Yeah. Well, a really good, uh, good. Um, you know me. I like people that use power and big and burly, and you know, take the bull by the horns and drag it, drag it wherever you want it to go. Somebody like Clinton or LBJ would divide the Republican Party. They would offer things to people. They would peel them off. And um, I don't think Obama was ever good at doing that. I don't think Joe Biden can do it. But that ability to 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 move people, you know, get a handful of votes, you know, withhold money, offer money, you know, change the dynamic. People who know how to do that, that's how they get the votes. In, Joe, Biden, you know, Congress. Joe Biden was in the Senate for decades and he's got a lot of yeah. experience with it and he got he got bills passed. So I'd say Joe yeah. Biden absolutely knows how to do that. But here's the thing, like we have a political system that isn't coercive like you know he joe biden as president can't force the senate to do something he can apply you know moral suasion and use the billy pulpit and 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 you know use the limits of his authority to to do things but he can't make the senate just pass a law he he just can't and so long as well so long as we have one political party that's refusing to uh, to work it in in any kind of good faith with the other, then there's there's not much to be done about it. Um, well, and I guess I'm making the argument that 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 I don't quite agree with that in the sense that, um, you know, Trump uses every every tool in his toolbox. He threatens you. He primaries you. He tweets and gets people to threaten your children. You well, know. All right. So I, let, let me ask you something. <laughs> Four years ago, uh, or a little less than four years ago, uh, January 20th of 2017, uh, there was Trump's inauguration and people, some people turned out for it. And there were photos of the crowds, uh, who were there and they were much smaller than the crowds who turned out for Obama in 2009. And Donald Trump sent his press secretary out to, to specify, to say, no, uh, in fact, uh, it was the largest crowds ever. Nobody's ever had a bigger turnout for their inauguration than Donald Trump. And we could yep. all see that that wasn't true. But Trump made the guy go out there and do that anyways. And uh, is that uh, a, a use of power? Because that's, you know, that's essentially, you know, insisting that people yep. go along with his, uh, his you know, his, well, his lie. Because it just, it's not a view, it's yeah, and, a lie. And, it just wasn't true. And, and so why did Sean Spencer Spicer do that? Why didn't he refuse? Well, because he wanted the job of press secretary, and that's what tr- the boss told him to do. So either he could do yeah. it or he could get fired, and he didn't care that much yeah. about it. And, and he damaged uh, his, his reputation permanently oh. with that one one maneuver. Well, and, you know, they later changed it to say what they meant was that the audience worldwide, because everybody was watching, they couldn't believe, you know, Trump got elected. It, you know, it's sort of it's sort of morphed. But, yeah, that's exactly what he did. Somehow he got Spicer to do his bidding. And that ability to get people to 
to do your bidding, whether it's over the line or not. I guess that's the that's the skill that I'm talking about. And and Trump has it. I'm not I'm, see, what I'm what I'm contending Bill and, had it. and we've got a we've got yeah. a wrap in a couple of minutes. What I'm contending sure. is that what Trump is doing isn't a skill as much as it is simply a willingness to do things that are wrong, to, to, to push to push uh, lies and insist that people act as if they're true. And for whatever reason, well, look at look at uh, Bill Clinton getting them people going out and saying that he didn't have relations with that woman, people who were in his cabinet who had no idea that they, you know, he convinced them to go out and say that and they regretted it. You know, that they defended him that, you know, right in the very beginning when the sure. Monica Lewinsky thing came out. I'm I'm arguing that that is a skill and, um, you know, used for good or evil. Uh, it It is the ability to get people to 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 do what you ask them to do. Well, it's, it's one thing to tell people lies persuasively. It's another thing to tell lies brazenly that are obviously false. And then just insisting that people carry on as if they weren't. Can I tell you that I'm surprised that Trump hasn't used the ability to pick up an enemy combatant against his political rivals yet? You know, yeah, that's um, true. He's you, still got some you, time, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, that is if he did that, everybody's hair would catch on fire. And I, you know, I just having watched this over the last four years, I believe he would use that if he thought it was effective. I believe he would. Oh, that's a dispiriting so. note. And he's still got some 40 <laughs> days to do that. So who knows? Maybe he's got he will. 40 days to, to, to surprise us even more. But yeah, just, to, you know, I, I, I am amazed at his ability to get people to do, do his bidding. And I do think that he helped. Um, I have to give him credit for this vaccine. The companies did it, but somehow and I don't know how it happened. He definitely released the hounds to get the vaccine. And, you know, maybe it was because they thought nobody was watching at the FDA or maybe there was a lot of money that was given away, a lot of promises. I don't really know. But here we sit and we we have a vaccine. That's pretty amazing. Well, I'm not sure I'd give Trump credit, but, um, well, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. you I've got to let you have the last word on that because we do have to wrap up. So thanks, Sue. Oh, stop the spread, by the way, Monday, the 14th at UMass. There's at the Mullen Center. Um, yeah. Yep. It's a free testing Good. site. Call ahead, uh, you know, and book a reservation, but go and get tested if you're worried about it, even free. if you don't aren't symptomat- symptomatic. Yes, and it's free. Yeah, it's free. So, Good. Thank you. That's going to do it. F- Thank you, Sue. I didn't know about that, so... Uh, That's going to do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed at 10 by Table of Contents, and then at midnight by OK Asia. Podcast of the show will be uploaded to various uh, websites and streaming services over the weekend, and we do have a repeat airing at 4 p.m. on Monday, so I hope you'll listen to us all over again. But that's all for now for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.